episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to be a positive force in the world, to help heal the divide, to treat each other and ourselves with respect. But with so many tools out there from meditation to physical training, proper nutrition, therapy, and so many others, we all need a little help navigating all the options. Join us as we share in-depth information, insights, and thought-provoking discussions that will help answer your questions about how to stay calm, cool, and connected during these times. Welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected, your guidebook to peace of mind. Hello, and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Vedrick. Whether people want to admit it or not, lying is something that everybody does or has done at some point. Whether it's through withholding information, little white lies, or compulsive lying, everyone falls somewhere on the spectrum. Joining us today is Dr. Aldirt Vrai, a professor of applied social psychology. Aldirt is here to talk with us regarding the truths about lying, including why people do it and how we might be able to recognize some signs when people are doing it. Hi, Aldirt. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. So before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit about your background and the work that you're currently doing in the psychology field? I'm a, I'm a social psychologist and I do research mainly in lie detection uh, and mainly via analyzing speech. Uh, in interview settings, you can look at behavior or you can analyze speech. And we know from research that analyzing speech is far more diagnostic than looking at behaviors. I started my career looking at behaviors, like many people did, because verbal lie detection was now unknown almost. I started in late 80s, in 1990, but I changed direction in about 2000, 2005, and with me, most researchers do. So although in the past it was non-verbal lie detection, now people do verbal lie detection. Verbal lie detection works far better than non-verbal lie detection. Okay, very interesting. And tell us, what is lying? Why do, why do people lie? Based on, you know, you have a lot of experience in this field. Help us to understand this concept a little further. People lie for different reasons, but people lie for psychological reasons. They don't want to reveal all kinds of embarrassing things. They've done the stupid things they've done. You lie about that. You also lie to avoid awkward situations for other people. For example, you get a present to somebody you don't like the present. You can say, well, I don't like this. But people don't do that. They say, oh, very nice and so forth. And many more other things. You make all kinds of false and fake compliments to other people. Life will be very harsh and cruel if people tell the truth to each other all the time. That's why we're not doing it. But people also lie for materialistic reasons, for avoiding punishment, for, for, for gaining advantage. So those are two uh, reasons, psychological reasons and materialistic reasons. Yes. And I mean, very valid. That's a great point that a lot of people do it. And that kind of falls into the little white lie category or what people would call an, a harmless lie, but in fact is still a lie. Are there gender differences or does age influence lying? Like what are some of the contextual factors? Of there are gender differences, not so much in how often people lie but in the type of lie people, people tell. Women can be more lying more in an indirect way by not giving some information. So men can be more direct in the way of lying than women are. Okay. And difference. the frequency and is not. People start lying at a very young age. Not sure because not really my, 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 my expertise, but I think about two or three years old. Children already start lying that. And they do that because they copy their parents. They see their parents lying in all kinds of situations. 
they're sometimes instructed to do that. They don't want to like, they don't want like to go to their, their grandparents and say, well, you have to behave yourself there and just pretend you like it. So basically you're told to lie. So at a very young age, children start lying. And also what they do is they have done something that is wrong and may get punishment for that. Yeah. But they can do is to be honest and say indeed what they've done, but that could result in punishment. So therefore they, they think, okay, what will happen if I don't tell it? Well, if you don't tell it and you lie, then sometimes you get away with it. So then you realize you're better off if you just hide the information than when you're straightforward. Sure. So really at a young age, children learn to do it for survival reasons, so to speak. I mean, maybe not to that extreme for all children, but as you're saying, it is a self-protective behavior. And when they can get away with it, it's it can be reinforced in that way. Sounds like yes. kind of the genesis yeah. of that. What are some nonverbal indicators that someone is being deceptive? That's a good question. And uh, there are very little, if any. There's a lot of stories about that. What kind of nonverbal behaviors associate the line? For example, looking away. Gaze aversion, looking away from, the, from the, 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 the conversation part. Or this, that I do now. Scratching the head, that kind of stuff. That is not related to deception at all. People think it is, but it's not. And there's so much research on that asking people what he thinks related. It's not related at all, but people think it is. So those are not the signs. And if you look at the nonverbal cues, there's hardly anything. A behavior that gives away that people are lying. So nonverbally, it's more a myth than anything else. And I think that there are some reasons for that. Um, first, it, it's, it sounds extremely intriguing and skillful almost. For example, for verbal, what we know is that a true teller gives you more information, more details than a light teller does. But that doesn't sound really exciting. But now the non-verbal stuff. The non-verbal stuff is that the lies would do. They show micro-expressions of emotions. Emotions that they in the face for a very brief moment of time. Or they make all kinds of fears. They don't realize themselves they show that. They're leaking that. And you have to be extremely skilled and trained to spot that. But that is very interesting. So now two people talk to each other and one is leaking information he's not, not, not aware of. The other person is to be trained and has to be trained to, to notice that. That sounds like a good film script. There's not that there's a way for, for, for detecting lies at all because there's no research in that. There's no support for that kind of stuff at all. It's used, it's used in, for example, Lie to Me, the TV program Lie to Me. That is the way the people there in that program are detecting lies in that way. It sells. It absolutely sells. But there's no evidence that it works. That's really interesting. And so you had mentioned at the beginning of the interview that you detect it more based on the verbal. So verbal analysis is kind of how you described it. Is that is that correct? That can you elaborate on what that means? Yeah. To come back to the, the, the comparison non-verbal behavior and then verbal behavior is when what people do in interview settings, you try to come across as convincing. That's what you're trying to do. The truth and alliance are try to do that. And for non-verbal behaviors, they try to do the same. They try to suppress all kinds of nerves, more nerve behaviors and so forth. Replace them with something else. They could be good at that or not, but they both do that. Verbally, you get a completely different situation. What truth tellers are willing to do is be cooperative and give you all the information you want to hear. The problem is truth tellers never ever tell you everything you want to know in the first instance. They don't. Mm. They don't do that because they don't know what you want to hear. They're not motivated to give you all kinds of information, or it's very difficult to get all information out of your, out of your memory. So you need all kinds of interview styles, and they're, they're available, to, to increase what truth tellers tell. 
Liars have a different kind of strategy. For liars, of course, if they tell all they know, they give away their lies. So they don't do that. But liars do, they try to avoid giving incriminating evidence, to avoid giving information that gives away that they're lying. Or also more general, they try to keep story simple. And to keep a story simple, just keep the highlights. That's easier. It's easier to remember. You don't contradict yourself if you ask a second time. There's a chance that you say something that gives away you are lying. So what you now have, the truth teller is forthcoming and willing to give you all information. And the liars keep it simple. And that, if you use the right interview protocols, you will see those differences. So you see that the interview settings, a truth teller will give you more and more and more information. And the liars stay far flatter in information they give. That is far more diagnostic than any mm. nonverbal stuff you're looking for. That's really fascinating. And so as as just humans in everyday life, that is something I guess that we we can be aware of in our interactions with others, even when we're trying to understand somebody or learn if somebody is trustworthy, just having this awareness of even some of the nonverbals, I hear what you're saying is not really research-based, but some of those nervous behaviors. And then as you're saying, these more verbal people not not being as forthcoming, that sounds like something to be aware of. Yes. If you are suspicious in daily life and you want really to detect a lie, because often you don't, but if you really want to, you need to indeed ask more questions and let the person, and don't ask the specific yes or no answers, but just let the person talk, let the person elaborate on the story they gave and see whether you get more information out of that. Okay, so more of these open-ended questions. Open-ended questions and develop a story more likely to be truthful. Okay. Well, where can our viewers find you? This is all very interesting information. Go to my website. And to go to my website, you need to Google my name, Alderty, A-L-D-E-R-T, and then V-R-I-J. And that brings you very quickly to my website. And all the articles we write are on that website. Very great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Alderty. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. Please make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram, and also make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that others can discover our content as well. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected.